I'm Kelly. And welcome to The Millennial Minimalist. Hi everyone, today I'm speaking about how to design a simpler, more intentional home and help you lead a more joyful life. And to join me in this discussion is a recognized professional organizer and fellow minimalist, Lisa Celebides. Lisa is a certified KonMari consultant who helps people tidying their homes using the KonMari method, which is a system of simplifying your home by eliminating the things that do not bring you joy. The KonMari method was created by minimalist author and organizing consultant Marie Kondo, who is famed for her best-selling book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, and Netflix series, Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. In our discussion, Lisa shares more background on this method and details the best practices that help her clients build positive habits for the long term. Lisa specifically provides tips on how to maintain a more organized home, and she emphasizes the great benefits that come with keeping a simple and intentional space, including a cleaner environment, reduced waste, less stress, and more time and energy to do the things you love. If you find yourself constantly picking through piles of clutter or spending too much time cleaning up and organizing, this conversation is for you. Together, we hope to inspire you to go from overwhelmed to organized and thriving. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Kelly. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm so excited to speak with you today. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited too. Okay, good. Um, I actually woke up this morning and a friend of mine uh, sent me a text saying, hey, I'm actually reading Marie Kondo's book this morning. And I was like, oh my gosh, coincidentally, I'm actually interviewing a Kamari consultant. She was like, oh, I, got, I have to listen to that one. So she's really excited. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. So this will actually be our first time discussing the Kamari method. And it's been some time since Lauren and I have talked about designing a simple and intentional home. And so we're actually really specifically excited to have you share your insights on these topics with us. Uh, your work has been featured in some of the biggest publications, including Mind Body Green, New York Magazine, The New York Post, BBC, Apartment Therapy, and more. And in reading uh, through your articles, I know that you will have a lot of takeaways for our listeners. So this is really good. So to start, I'm hoping you can share a brief background on you, including how you first adopted a minimalist lifestyle and what inspired you to become a KonMari consultant. Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit about me. I'm originally from Germany. I grew up around the city of Munich and I came to the United States about 10 years ago. Um, so I did my master's in communication there, first in Cleveland, Ohio, and came to New York City about seven years ago. So I've been here ever since. And um, when I came to New York City, I started, I have like a very diverse professional background, um, but my passion was always fashion. So I started, I'm like, New York City, okay, let's, let's like try this, break into the fashion industry. And yeah, I started working in fashion for a couple of years. And then I decided to look for something different, something where I could find more purpose. And I actually ended up quitting my job at that time and just took some time off. And I thought that I probably would go back eventually doing some kind of free, freelance work. But I stumbled upon, you know, Marie Kondo. Well, let's backtrack a little bit when yeah. her book came out I think it was like 2015 or something I started reading it I was like super interested and I actually wanted my husband to you know 
we kind of read it together and I wanted him to tidy up essentially because I myself have always been pretty minimalist I would say I never liked having stuff or stuff that you know doesn't serve me in a way and yeah so I yeah so I quit my job I listen I, I listened to a podcast um Tim Ferriss's podcast and he interviewed Marie Kondo and that's when I kind of rediscovered her, I went to her website and kind of found out that she offered this consultancy program where, you know, you can become certified in her method. And it just clicked for me. I didn't even know at that time that you could do something like professional organizing, that you could, you know, make a living of that. But I have always connected with her method. And yeah, and that was that. Was that. <laughs> so I signed up for the seminar, went through the process and, you know, started, started my business helping people. And as far as minimalism goes, I would say going through her method, like it is a requirement when you become a certified consultant to, of course, obviously to do your own, go through the KonMari method with your own things. And I would say it has really helped me, you know, really hone down to the essentials. But I'm I'm sure we we talk more about that later. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Actually, I love that you mentioned essentialism. I actually just read the book Essentialism for a second oh, yeah, it's time. So great. By, have you read that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so for our listeners, it's by Greg McEwen. It's one of my favorite books because um, it really helps you strip of the things that you really don't need in your life. What's, I, what's interesting about your story, first of all, uh, just want a little little bit of a backtrack. Uh, I also study media and tech, so I love that we kind of have that same background, which mm-hmm. is very cool. And I, I think it's really fascinating how you help people locally in New York, but you also offer your consultancy like through like virtually, so through the computer, right? So you help clients worldwide as well. Yes. Yes. So this is something I started doing more recently, but it's actually my goal to hopefully have my business virtually worldwide, 100%, like in the near future. And I mean, with COVID and everything, it kind of forced me to do that. So yeah, I helped people, like I'm doing it one-on-one and I also have like a I started doing like a group program where I lead and guide people um, through the KonMari method. So yeah, it absolutely works. Um. <laughs> oh, that is so fun. I love the idea of like a bunch of people getting together and yep. like a bunch of friends and they work with you. Oh, that would be so much fun. What an idea. Okay. Okay. So can you explain what the KonMari method is and also discuss how it's different from most methods of tidying up? Yeah, totally. So, as I said, the KonMari method it was devised by Marie Kondo. Um, so she's the author of the life-changing magic of tidying up, and she's also a Japanese former organizing consultant. And I think that's already a difference compared to regular professional organizing that it's rooted in like Japanese culture and Zen Buddhism, because that's Marie Kondo's background as well. But I would say like for the specifics, I would say traditional professional organizing is usually focused on tidying up by location and often a little by little approach. So the Kumari method is a whole home approach. The idea is that you do one tidying festival in your lifetime and then never have to do this big decluttering organize again. And also you tidy by category and not by location. 
and there's reason behind it. You know, um, you want to tidy by category because then you get to see how much you have of a specific, you know, item. Like in terms of clothing, you want to gather all the clothes in one spot and then you really get to see like how much clothes you have, how many pants you have. You know, you would never discover that if you just cleared out one closet because most people have clothing in, you know, maybe a dresser and two different closets and they never get to see the volume of clothes they actually have. So people are usually shocked. <laughs> Not always, of course, it depends on the volume they have, but seeing everything you actually have and in one um, place is really powerful. And then you go through it at once, you know, and you really get an understanding of how much you have and also how much you need. And there's things that you have forgotten about, you know. But yeah, let's, let me like quickly maybe go over the six core principles of the method. Cause yeah, absolutely. that's how people get a better understanding about it. So what I do with all my clients is like a vision exercise. So that's one of the first principles of the method is to envision your ideal life before you even start um, tidying. Oh, because, I love that. Oh, yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. So I, you know, you can do it in different ways. People have, you know, different preferences in terms of some are more visual, some want to write. So I give them a couple like, questions to you know really dig deep into their vision and um but that's a really important part because if you're not clear on your goals um and when it gets difficult during the tidying process um i always remind my clients you know look back to your vision um remind yourself why you're doing this because it's not about the tidying essentially it's not about having an organized home but it's about I'm doing this so I can lead my ideal life in the future. So I can like, you know, get rid of this stuff that's not serving me. And that just takes up my time and energy to do the things that I actually want to do with my life. So that's really essential. A lot of people miss this part. So that's one principle. And then the second one is uh, commit to tidying up completely. Again, I said, it's a whole home approach. It only works if you do it completely. And, and I'm a big fan of that. That's why I don't, you know, I, I say, you know, regular professional organizing, it's fine. It has a place. But for me, I feel like I want to help people, you know, have this complete shift. And I think that can only happen if you really address all of your belongings. And then the next principle is to, the first step is always um, decluttering. And the second step is always organizing. So I said, we tidy by category. And when you gather all the items of one category first, um, you don't worry about organizing. You only worry about uh, decluttering. So deciding what you want to keep and what you want to let go of. Because a lot of people get wrapped up. Oh, okay. They jump ahead and think about, okay, but when, how do I store this? Um, but I always like, you know, remind them, um, you don't even know how many items you end up with. So don't worry about that. <laughs> it's, yeah. um, it's a totally wasted time to do that. And usually things fall into place once you're completely done. And next principle is to tidy by category and not by location. We already touched on that. And Another principle is uh, that you should follow a specific category order. 
and the category order and it's very broad categories. Um, you start with clothing, then number two is books, number three is papers, number four is kimono, which is miscellaneous items. That's basically everything else. It's a very broad category and we typically break it down into more subcategories like kitchen kimono or bathroom kimono and things like that. And the last category is mementos or sentimental items. Right. And the, the idea behind the order is that you want to start with something easy. And I'm not saying clothing is easy for most, for all people. But the reason is it's a very defined category. It's clothing. You are used to making a decision about every single day. So it's kind of an easy category to start with. And then you move on to more difficult ones. And usually the most difficult one is mementos. So that's the kind of reason behind that. And then the sixth principle is to, you know, make your decisions based on if those items bring you joy. That's the only decision making, you know, factor that you should apply. That's great. And, and do, you, do you also apply, like, do you need this? Is it, is it do you need it? Or does this item bring you joy? Because Lauren and I, uh, we like to say, like, if you need it, keep it. If you love it, keep it. Eliminate the rest. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of people get wrapped up in this. Oh, what if I need it? It doesn't bring me joy. That's complete BS. Um, so how you can think about it and still apply the spark joy concept is, I always like to give the example of a work uniform. So you might not like wearing your work uniform, but rather think of the outcome of what this work uniform allows you to have or to be. And that might be, you know, it affords you to earn a living. It, you know, you can go to work by wearing this work uniform or a certain kitchen utensil. You might not like the item, but it allows you to open a can or something like that. So rather think of the outcome so you still you still are allowed to to keep those items that are necessary I hope that helps <laughs> yeah no it absolutely does help it does help um I love this overview it's interesting because we always we always give the advice to start with your closet so I'm glad that we're aligned there um mm -hmm. I mean you say like specifically start by category start with your clothes and I think that that is really wise advice because I think a lot of us can go into our closet and there are tons of different items in our closet, not just clothes. And so we get in this headspace. We're like, oh, well, we'll start in one area. We'll start decluttering, tidying one area, and then we'll go to the other area. Like for my mom, for example, she'll start with the kitchen and then she'll go into the pantry and then she'll go into the living room. She's like, I can't keep up. I can't keep up. So you're right. Like start with each item, get an understanding of how much you own of an item and if you need it or if it brings you joy and then move on to the next. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I love the categorical approach. I mean, yes, you might create a big mess, but a lot, a lot of the time that's, you know, it, it has to get messy before it gets better. But it's also, I think, the most effective approach of course I'm super biased but <laughs> um, yeah absolutely yeah. do you think it's because you tidy by category that makes it the most effective way to keep an organized home yes I think that's one factor for sure I also 
think that it's very simple. Like thinking in categories is a very simple approach as opposed to thinking or organizing things by flow or frequency of use. Because like a lot of people approach me that have ADHD and they are like so like scatterbrain and they're like, I don't know where things are. And having them organize and declutter by category is very simple because you can easily remember where things are stored if you think in categories. Um, another thing that I want to mention is that the Kormari method really focuses on doing this major declutter. So it's not just about organizing things pretty. The emphasis is really on keeping things, only keeping things that bring you joy and removing the things that don't with gratitude out of your home. So I think that's why it's also really effective to not just focus on, on organizing, but really like get to the root of it and remove everything that doesn't serve you out of your home. Um, yeah, and I would always say, you know, people who have a storage problem usually have a volume problem, right? So I'm a huge fan of just like first doing the declutter and then focusing on organizing. And also like you are encouraged to do a continuous joy check. That makes maintenance easy. Like when I leave clients, like when we are done, I tell them it's on you now. Of course you can go back to, you know, what whatever it was before, but it's on you to joy check the items that come into your home and not let anything that doesn't serve you, that you don't find beautiful or useful into your home. Yeah, I think that's why it's it's really effective. Yeah, I was going to ask you because I think, I guess my concern with this method in the beginning was like, oh, well, what if people become unorganized again? Like, so I was curious, like, how can the KonMari method help people build positive habits so that they can keep an organized home for the long term? Yeah, absolutely. Again, in an ideal world, you do this once and for all. Yeah. You know, and then you only are left with the items that bringing you joy and then also you have designated a home for each and every item so tidying up after the end of the day should be really easy because what causes a lot of stress for people is that they first of all that they have too much clutter second of all that they don't have a home for each item but once this process is done each item has a home so it becomes really easy to you know return those items to the home again oh i love that mm -hmm. that is so smart i mean i guess if you guys if yeah it's kind of organized in its home to speak everything has a place everything has its home and so when you bring a new new item in you're kind of more hyper aware of it i like that yeah absolutely so when you work with your clients you probably start with their clothes i'm get, hoping that you can give us kind of um uh, or walk us through the process uh, pretending that maybe I'm a client, um, where would where would you suggest I start when it came to like coming into my house and helping me declutter? Yeah, absolutely. So, as I said, we have this very defined category order, and I usually highly suggest people to stick to the category order as as much as possible, unless there's like really something bugging them or we have to you know address something. But usually you follow the category order because it's also, it provides a 
great structure, you know. And as, as I said, clothing is very defined and it it depends on how much clothing you have. Usually we do all at once. So we rip out everything from your dresser, from your closet, and we pile it up either on your bed or on the floor somewhere where we have space. And then I have you joy check each and every item. If it's difficult for you to start, I ask you to start with something that comes easy to you or when the spark joy concept doesn't really resonate with you, I have you pick out your favorite three items, for example, and then we, we take those items because that's something, you know, usually yeah, everyone has a favorite piece. So it becomes easy for them to compare the other items to those items. Um, yeah, and then you just do one by one. You do one by one and then you decide you, ma you make a key pile and you make a donation pile and then you organize. Once you're done with that, you organize things back in. And there's also a very specific um, <laughs> method how, how to organize it. You've probably seen the file folding method. So the storage principles behind the KonMari method are you want everything to be as visible as possible. So when you open your drawer or your closet, so you store everything vertically. So everything becomes visible at a glance. And then once you're done with clothing, we address clothing accessories. So you can break it down into more subcategories. Again, like handbags and shoes are all like in the clothing category. I just find that clothing is a very defined category, an easy category to start, just as, as you think as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It really helps you also, I like how you said, hey, pick out your favorite outfit because it really helps you refine your style. And I also should know, I love the way you organize things. It makes you appreciate your wardrobe more. It makes you appreciate the things you own more because they're nicely aligned. And I've seen you fold clothes. It's amazing. I need, <laughs> I want to, I want to watch a video on you folding a shirt. <laughs> I want to get an idea of the process. Yes, it's, it's absolutely true, true. Like when I first implemented it, I was so like happy every time I open my drawer and I see this joy in my clients every time again, it makes me so happy too. Cause it's just so it encourages you to keep your things neat as well. And you are, the method is really about also being grateful for your items and treating them well. And by doing that, like you're folding them neatly, they, they last longer if you don't just throw them on the floor, right? So there's, there's deeper reasoning behind that. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. And you also, again, you take better care of your clothing items. Uh, Lauren and I, we really believe in having a small capsule wardrobe. And so because it's smaller, we can invest in nicer pieces that last longer. And again, we're not just throwing them in the wash and throwing them in the dryer. We're being careful with these pieces and we're steaming them and we're air drying them. Like you just become hyper-focused on those things. And you also, with this lifestyle, have more time to do that. So it's really great. But I actually get a lot of questions from our listeners about when it comes to dealing with uh, sentimental items, um, I'm curious, like, what do you suggest, especially for people who have a ton of pictures, you know, a ton of items maybe in their home that, you know, mean a lot to them, but it is cluttering their space and they kind of do want to get rid of certain items? Like, how do you approach that? 
Yeah, so with sentimental items, you want to keep them to last because most people have like these sentimental feelings and attachment to things. And as you, so mementos is really the fifth and last category of the Kalmari method. And by going through all the other categories first, you the idea is that you hone your sense of joy. And once you come to this difficult category, which includes photos, by the way, it has be, it usually becomes more easy and deciding what you want to keep from your sentimental items and what to let go of. Um, I know, like it's super, it's super difficult for some people, but I always encourage them to do the rest first and then approach this most difficult category last, and then you will you will know what you want to keep and what not. Yeah, I'm. I actually, I actually recently read an article where someone was going through their grandmother's pictures. She had passed away, and she had so many photos and she was just going through all of them and she was getting rid of those that didn't have any people in them to start. <laughs> She's mm -hmm. like, yeah, this may have been meaningful to her, but this doesn't bring meaning to me, for example. And then those photos that she did see a lot of meaning in, she kept. So that's kind of how she worked through those items. Yes, with, with photos, I really encourage people to take their time when it comes to sentimental items. And for example, with if you have a lot of pictures, to really be decisive, like lay them all out. It's the same thing. You want to gather everything and then only pick the ones that, yeah, for example, where there's pe people in it. Like if, if these are the photos that bring you joy and not keep all of them just because it's photos. I, I know a lot of people have trouble letting go of photos for some reason, I think, but then just lay them out organize them by year I think that's a very simple approach if people have trouble deciding oh how should I organize it and then put them in an album if you have negatives and have never de developed them I think it's you can just let them go <laughs> yeah it's easier when it's online <laughs> I have a lot of uh, digital clutter I I guess in my university years I took way too many pictures and there's something about me because I I want to live very in a very organized way I don't know why but like thinking about all the photos I took and all the clutter it is by year but there's just too many and I know I can get rid of a lot of a lot of photos like I want to look back on them one day but I don't need all of them so I've been slowly working through that but another question that a listener had was um, what do I do with all my papers especially like like a lot of people have files of different papers obviously if people live in homes over the years they're collecting all this mail that they keep and then they they somehow like leave it in their pile of papers like how do you suggest someone start going through their papers yeah absolutely so papers i know papers is a headache for so many people and it's just the same thing you gotta address it it's category number one uh number three excuse me so just gather all your papers i I define papers as anything with written or printed information on it. Gather everything and then you just go through it. And papers doesn't bring people a lot of joy usually. So that's usually when you cannot go by joy, but more like, okay, do I need to keep this? And then 
it's about deciding, okay, do I need this? Can I maybe get this online? You know, there's, there's questions I ask people. And then you basically organize into three categories. It's very simple. So you're going to have an action pile or a pending pile. So that's all papers that you have to take some kind of action on, like paying a bill or returning a letter. And then you have two to keep piles. Maybe sometimes we combine it into one. One is to keep temporary. So this is all kinds of papers that have some kind of expiration date on it or like an implicit or explicit expiration date. So for example, these could be warranties or like seminar papers when you're taking a course. And once this is done, usually those papers are obsolete. You don't need them anymore. And then you have to keep forever. So these are papers you probably want to keep indefinitely, such as birth certificate, such as, you know, mortgage papers or certain contracts and things like that. So again, it's a very simple organizing method. Of course, you got to gather all your papers and go through them. And then you want to decide, okay, these I can let go. I want to recycle them or some you might want to shred. And in terms of when it comes to mail, of course, this is like the first step you need to do. And then you have a system. Like when it comes to the action, the pending papers, you, I encourage people to, to address them at least once a week. And in the beginning, it might take longer for you to go through this pile if you have a lot of paper accumulated. But the goal should be that this action of pending pile either doesn't exist or you work through it once a week. And then there's always things you can do, you know, like trying to digitize things or, you know, when you get credit card statements in, in the mail and you've kept them, you might just switch to online, you know, to get them I, via email. It actually make, will make you live more sustainably <laughs> in all of exactly. that which is fantastic. No, this is really incredible advice. I also like the fact that you're advising our clients to go through those files each week or one file each week, the pending file to figure out like, Hey, do I need this? You're building positive habits. You're helping people build those, those smart organizational habits. So I mean, I, for example, I have tax receipts and things like that. Uh, so I, I keep all my receipts. And so I keep it in a pile. One thing I should say is I think uh, I have a couple of friends who they do have these files, but they're out in the open. I don't think you really need to keep them out in the open, right? You can, I mean, you can hide them under your bed. You can put them in a storage <laughs> area, right? So it's also something to think about. Yeah, I know some people, when some people talk to me, they say sometimes I have to think, I have to keep things out in the open. Otherwise, I, I forget it. So there's uh, some, uh. Some, some people like but I have to say, if you, for example, apply the KonMari method and do this major declutter and organize by category, this usually goes away because the problem these people have is that they have not had a system. They have just had too much clutter and all the things in their home didn't have a home. That's why they have to keep the things that, you know, like to do's or I don't know, like 
mail they have to address, they keep it out in the open because they don't know, they don't have a home for items, if that makes sense. Right. I think they almost say that exactly because they don't have a home for items. They're kind of living in a disorganized home. So they think, okay, unless it's in front of me, I'm going to forget about it. (laughs) So I think that's the idea. So, so in researching the KonMari method, I learned that this practice can actually positively influence our mental space because it also places importance on being mindful and forward thinking. Do you find that your clients begin adopting a minimalist mindset in other areas? I think it depends. So it's actually about choosing what brings you joy and letting go of the rest. But yes, so some clients come to me who also want to become more minimalist. And by you know going through this tidying process, they achieve that in their homes. And then of course they I think it happens naturally. If you are inclined, you know, to go more minimalist, it it transcends into other areas of your life as well. Especially when you adopt the Konmari philosophy or lifestyle, because it's it's joy based. You know, you start evaluating everything if it brings you joy. Like people evaluate their careers, their relationships. Even does this bring me joy you know it, it just happens by going through each item they also evaluate other areas in in their life as well but yes so if people are inclined and I think it just happens if you stick with this lifestyle if it's sticking with you I think it's just natural they want to minimize their digital life they they want to evaluate other life areas as well finances how they spend their time so So yeah, I think it depends on on what the intention of my clients is. Okay. Yeah. I think it really naturally trickles into other areas of your life for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I started with the physical things inspired by Lauren, my co-host, but also uh, by Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And so I did start there and then I realized, wow, like, I do have mental clutter and I need to incorporate, you know, meditation and, and I need to be set boundaries with work so that I can make time for exercise so that I can clear my mind. Right. So, so I was just really curious that after you work with your clients, if they also found that they were, again, being more focused on how they spend their time and their energy and their money. And it's just, it's just an amazing thing. It's just, again, it's, I mean, you've, you've actually said that tidying can have a positive ripple effect on your entire life. So Absolutely. when, when I, when I saw that you said that, I was like, wow, like, yeah, this is exactly it. Like it doesn't, it just starts there and then it will influence you to just be more intentional and hyper aware. And at the beginning of this conversation, you said it helps you design your ideal life. And like, that's what our podcast is all about. It's helping you clear that the excess in your life so that you can design your version of the ideal life. So, um, so I'm hoping you can share a client's story uh, where your practice significantly helped improve um, someone's life for the better. Yeah. So one, one client comes to mind. I mean, I have to say it's, it's all my clients who do the work. I'm just guiding them. And if someone is in, like, that's a choice to work with because then I'm just there guiding them and, you know, helping them along the way. So let me tell you about one client. So she's, she had moved into her apartment and then she decided to move again. So she had like a two bedroom apartment and she's an 
like an, an influencer. So she got sent a lot of packages. She was never organized in her life. That's her words. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so she called me, you know, she wanted to, the, the apartment she moved in was much smaller. So she had to downsize. And this one, the second bedroom, she had just used to put all the packages she had received in the six months and everything was like piled up <laughs> and nothing was organized. So within a week, I think we had like a week, we really went through everything. We started with clothing. She had tons of clothes and she was just all in and she had never enjoyed folding and she folds to this day. She still folds her underwear underwear to this day because it brings her so much joy <laughs> and she just made such a change in terms of it's just if you take it seriously and really go through each item and she took it so seriously it just changes your whole approach to buying and like how you see things and you care for your things better and yeah, it's just a joy to see that she still implements the Kumar method and she still folds. Does she does she share in her excitement? Do you guys keep in touch? Yeah, I see it some sometimes on her Instagram stories that she she shows her drawers. You oh, know. that's mm-hmm. so cute. I wonder what she does with all of those packages. I, I wonder if she is more mindful with, you know, recycling and more mindful of like what she does with all those items after and kind of sifts through if she needs it or not. Yeah. I mean, honestly, with working with an, like I've worked with two or three and I see like the volume they, they get, it's really hard for them to kind of keep up. Like she does giveaways, like the stuff she doesn't need. She's doing giveaways, you know, but I think it just, overwhelmed her it was like a very stressful period in her time so it just had piled up and we just had to address it before she moved I think she has a better handle on it now she has moved again into a bigger apartment but I think going through the method has really you know helped her yeah address those things and evaluate according to Joy what items she she keeps and have better maintenance skills as well I was going to ask you how you helped your clients live more sustainably and adopt a less wasteful uh, lifestyle and adopt um, more sustainable habits. But it seems like, again, from this method, it will naturally influence you to live more sustainably. Absolutely. Yes. With every client, no doubt, that has completed the method, it happens automatically. Like this mindset shift happens. And they start to evaluate before they shop something. Um, do we really need this? They, you know, adopt this. Oh, does this bring me joy? And they automatically shop less. Usually, they make more conscious buying decisions. And I have to say that sometimes people are worried. You know, going through the Conmari method. Oh, it's so wasteful. I'm worried about creating more waste going through this process. And my answer to that is the things you have in, in your home and they don't bring you joy, they already exist. If you do this declutter, it only changes location. So whether you donate those items, whether they go in the landfill, um, it just changes location. If you wait a couple more years or until the, the end of your lifetime, 
it doesn't really change anything. But by doing this work now, you can make better decision going forward. Yes. What a good response. That is so true. And obviously all of the positive impact that comes with living with less, right? And being more mindful going forward. You really are helping people with their decision-making as well going forward, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I mean, Lauren and I, (laughs) originally I would go into stores and I would feel incredibly overwhelmed. Now I go into stores and I have the opposite feeling. I'm like, I always come into a store for something that I need. And if it's not exactly what I want and exactly, exactly what I'm looking for, I won't buy it because I know I won't wear it. So you become more intentional. And obviously by doing so, you're being more, you're being less wasteful. So um, you've also mentioned in your work that tidying is cheaper and more effective than therapy, which is super fascinating. So I'm hoping you can explain this. Yes, I know this is a very provocative statement, but I stand by it that it can be true. Um, so yeah, I, I frequently hear this from clients that going through this process is, is like therapy to them. And I think what it is, is rather than talking about it, and we also do a lot of talking, like I, I do a lot of talking with, with clients. It depends on the client, of course, but we are literally up in this stuff, right? They are confronting their past and their feelings by handling each and every object they have in their life. And there are a lot of people who have not decluttered in 20, 30 years, right? So it's a lot of things to go through. They are really reflecting on their past. Thing, emotions come up. There's crying. Some people cry. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's... As opposed to a therapist, you're just talking to someone, but I'm with people in their home, like in their private space, right? And they're literally facing their past and their feelings by going through this process. And it can also be, so by this gratitude um, aspect of the method, I encourage my clients to say goodbye um, and thank you to the things they no longer serve them. And this can be really cathartic. Because it's like, it aids them in letting go the items. Like, if it was difficult, maybe they have certain memories, but they know, okay, it's, this was in the past. Um, just saying this thank you, even if it's not loud and they're just thinking it, it helps them. It's, it's really magical to see. And also by, you know, choosing joy, I think you can adopt this as a positive life philosophy as well. And that just aids your mental health, I think. And um, to bring this all to an end, it has an end, right? If you go through the method, it has an end. Therapy might, you might go to a therapist uh, your lifelong. But yeah, so that's, that's my reasoning behind this statement. I think that, oh gosh, I have a lot to say to that. Uh, I think we, a lot of us have an emotional attachment to the things that are in our home. Uh, I can even say that I still do. I think that there are still items in my home. Um, You know, we are imperfect with this lifestyle. Uh, There are items in my home that I don't know if I truly need or if I truly love, but I have this emotional connection to certain things and I need to work through that. And I could see how it could be an emotional process for people. Definitely. I I mean, there's nothing wrong with keeping things that you have an emotional attachment about, but I think... 
for a lot of people, if it's just too much and it's like, it's a burden for them. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's my clients, right? If they come to me because it's a burden and they have to kind of say goodbye and work through this stuff. Um, it doesn't mean that, you know, I, I ha I'm not forcing anyone to get rid of anything. It's yeah. about what, what brings you joy and let go of what is a burden. But sometimes letting go of what is a burden to you can all, also be very difficult. This is true. I actually, I should note that I have a memory box. It's really quite cute. It's probably the size of a shoe box. And I just put, you know, if I went to a memorable concert, the concert uh, ticket, or, you know, some type of souvenir I got from an amazing event I went to when I was living in Hong Kong, just like things that bring back amazing memories for me. And I make an, like, I make time to go through this box once a year and I will slowly eliminate items. And I think that's really helpful because I want to keep it to that box size. <laughs> so that's kind of what I've been doing. And it's been really helpful because I have an emotional attachment to a lot of these items. These items bring me joy, but I'm able to bring it down to X size, which is really, really helpful. Yeah, I can see that when people, that's something I sometimes recommend too, when people want to pare it down, maybe you want to just limit it to and it, so it fits into the box. So I love that idea. Yeah. So what can all your listeners do today or this week to lead a simpler, more joyful life? And maybe from uh, the perspective of new habits that they can adopt. Mm -hmm. So I think I would start with just becoming more awareness, more aware about what maybe they, they can start with things they have in their home or the activities they do in their life and just bring a general awareness to does this bring me joy does this serve me mm -hmm. so maybe take 10 minutes in the morning or at night and reflect on what brought me joy today and then I think just having a awareness um, leads to other things and you evaluating what can I eliminate does, that doesn't bring me joy going forward maybe if if people want to get more involved or more specific I would recommend to, for them to get clear on their vision and that could be you know answering a couple of questions like one question I like people to ask is always how does an ideal day in your life look like so describe this ideal day and I think you could go from there and design a life that brings you more joy or they can you know create a vision board or something like that oh I love that Lauren and I we want to get together and create vision boards I think I think we're mm -hmm. going to be doing that um next Sunday or something like that but it's really it's really good it's a really good idea like having an idea of what you actually truly want a lot of us we don't write that down I mean, Absolutely. just start by writing that down. Yeah. Um, but you actually, through this conversation, you've inspired me to choose a category in my home and go through it. I think that is such a smart method. It's brilliant. So to close, uh, what would you say is the most rewarding part of your role? I mean, I'm very grateful for being able to help people letting go of the things that are a burden in their life and that are weighing them down and find a life eventually that they are more passionate about that allows them to do the things that 
they really want to do, right? So that's really, that's really rewarding, you know, seeing people relieved from, from the clutter and because I don't want them to tidy their whole life. I always tell them, I want to work with you once and that's it. I, I never want to see you again, like doing this work, right? I want to give you the skills so you can keep up and then you can move on with your life and do the things that bring the most, most joy to you. Oh, that is amazing. I love the fact that you help people not only declutter and organize, but you help them live better lives. Like that is huge. Yeah, like, it's, it's really rewarding. Yeah, like I, I'm sure you get a lot of people come up and be like, yeah, like, like you do the organizing thing and they don't realize like the depth of what you do. Like you can help transform people's lives. And that's what keeps us motivated here with the podcast because we can really Absolutely. influence people to live their best life. So, uh, so where can our audience connect with you? Yeah, so um, they can connect with me on Instagram. I'm there at Lisa Celebides, or they can also go to my website, uh, same thing, lisacelebides.com. And if they want to reach out to me, um, I'm just an email away. It's hello at lisacelebides.com. Perfect. Perfect. I'm going to include all of your links in our show notes uh, for people to connect with you. Thank you so much for reaching out. I like really, really enjoyed this discussion with you today. And I know a lot of my friends are going to be jumping on this episode. <laughs> They've been wanting to learn about the Kamari method for some time. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Kelly, for having me. It was so awesome to talk to you. Well, thank you so much again. And hopefully I can see you in New York once the borders open one day. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, it would be amazing to meet you in person. I would love that. Okay, perfect. Well, have a great rest of your day and we'll talk soon. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. That was my conversation with Kamari consultant Lisa Celebides. And if you would like to learn more about Lisa and her services, definitely check out her website and links in our show notes. Plus, you can also learn more about the Kamari method at KanMari.com. And to close our episode today, I want to say a big thank you to all of you who have written us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. We love hearing from you and reading about how our podcast has inspired you. Lauren and I will be reading a few of your reviews during our next upcoming one-on-one -on -one episode. So look out for that. And thanks again for taking the time. And if you haven't already done so, please say hello by leaving us a review. Thanks again for listening today and speak soon. Bye-bye.